Brisbane Wakes Up with Steph, Abby and Matt on B105. What's up? You've downloaded today's podcast. Well Big done, show. everyone. Big show. Well done. We Big. talked to Kitty Flanagan about being a TikTok sensation. And if you want to follow me on TikTok, I'm glad you asked. Mm-hmm. At Maddie Acton is where you can find me. You certainly can. And we talked to a lady, an amazing woman, who's been given a terminally um, a terminal disease diagnosis. She's been told... A year ago, a few years back, that she's only got months to live, so she's living on borrowed time. Really interesting conversation. Do you reckon whenever you get, like, people who get told they've only got two months, after two months, I would ring the doctor and be like, dude, suck it, you got it wrong, loser. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be pretty confident, wouldn't you? Yeah. Of that, of that, because that's a big thing to tell someone, and then when it doesn't work out that way, but you know, you get different treatments and you go into hyperdrive with it, trying to beat it. Yeah. Um, But it is an interesting chat. I always wonder too, like, you know, when you find out someone's got cancer and they say you've got six months to live, mm. they go from being a little bit sick to that's obviously how they find out they've got it. And then they mm. get really sick. I wonder if how, and you could, I don't know how you would do this as an experiment. If some two people had the same cancer, one never got told, mm. one did to see whether they would get as sick at the same rate, that's, because, yeah. you know, your emotional health mm. does take a physical toll mm. on who you are. That's true. That'd be interesting. An amazing Do You Mind If I Ask is on the way. Uh, Abs is off doing a um, an interview with someone at the she's moment. So she, well, she's right here getting Nurofen and she snuck back in. Then she's going to go back out and mm. continue what she's doing. All the bosses at the company are in town. Mm-hmm. So everyone's soireeing around. On high alert. Yeah, there's a lot of noses that smell like poo and stuff. I'm so. not soireeing, am I? No, not no, you. Not oh, you know, I'm saying everyone else. I want a folder so I look official. And oh, I can't yeah. find a folder here. Mm. Now nah, you need a clipboard. Clipboard. Yeah, that's what I want. That's what yeah. I'm trying to find. Yeah. Is that a clipboard? Do you have a clipboard? No, you, there's manila folders. Grab one yeah, of those. I don't know if I've... clipboard? Like something like really. She's important. talking to the producers that cuts her mic out when she does that on the intercom. Um, take one of these. Nah, no, no, I want something like really. I've got like little, um, little shelf things that I, I put my paper on. That, um, that back morning. comes off. The back and the stand comes off as far no, as I'm looking. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Anyway. My wife uses them a lot for her corporate work, so she got a wooden one with her name and contact details engraved on the back. Oh, they like that. Mm. What, in case she loses it, they can return it? That and everyone from the stage can see her name and her contact details. Why would they need them? To rebook her. When you're at a gig. so Kind of like when a builder puts his sign out the front of the house is building. Completely. Has it ever worked? Has anyone ever yeah. rung it? Yeah. Gone, hey, wrote it down? Yeah. Well, mainly, mainly they'll come up after a show, but yeah, it can't hurt advertising. Yeah. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start walking around with one that's got my TikTok on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, for the, nothing, thanks for the pro tip, man. Nothing screams TikTok like an engraved wooden clipboard. Hey. Mm-hmm. Nothing screams comedian like an engraved wooden clipboard. That's true. <laughs> Here's today's podcast. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Oh, g'day. It's Trady Chat Tuesday. Well, he works in construction and needs no introduction. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> That guy. <laughs> that guy. He's not going to call himself Scotty Too Hotty. He oh, he like doesn't? It. No, oh, really? no. It's Scotty just because I, I did it after a, a lady was cracking onto him at a party. Right. That's and why she it's kept my saying, Scotty Too Hotty. Yeah, she kept saying, oh, you're oh, Scotty Too Hotty, because it was some sort of... Yeah, well, she was, don't forget, she was 60. Mm. And, and what, is, what is, is that matter, matter, Scotty? This was 15 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, she's 75 now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
Are you saying she's matured and ready for you now, or, or yeah, she's almost ready for me? What, well, you say you wouldn't if if something happened with you and Abby, you and you had a fine sixty-year-old woman who was interested. You wouldn't dabble there. I wouldn't. Six, wouldn't blink a second eyelid. Hey, he's got, he's got a few stories which I'm not going to repeat here. Okay. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Have you I, got? I mean, I can if you want, but it might be inappropriate. Have you gone that old before? Have you, Scotty? Yeah, we talked about it once on the radio before. No, he tried to pick up a girl at a bar, and he uh, didn't, but then he went home with her mum, but didn't realise it was a mum until the next day when he saw the photos by the side of the bed. Yeah. Go. Uh, Yeah, it's been a while since that one. Anyway, so what do you want to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) All right, on a brighter note, um, look, I've been dodging a mate. Um, He's organised something on a Sunday morning, which is fantastic. Um, And uh, my lovely wife does Pilates on Sunday morning, so I've been Mm. saying, you know, Mm -mm. can't do it. Clashes at the same time, so that's Mm. my excuse, but um, probably also, right, sometimes have kids. Hello, how are you? No, you are Uh, such a liar. So he does a walk and talk. And Scotty keeps saying that he's going, but Scotty went out. He's like, I'm definitely going to make it on Sunday because he couldn't be bothered Sunday before. Blamed my Pilates. I'm like, whatever. It's like a group, a group of blokes get together and Yeah, and for so mental health. And it's brilliant. Stuff. So I think they started. So, is it Cannon Hill? No, it's um, it's it's called Men's Walk and Talk. Mm. It's uh, it's on Facebook. If you get on there and have a look at the link, it's all one sort of... Um, and they've got an email address. So, mm. well, sorry, Google... Sorry, Gmail, I'll get it right, because I have got no idea about uh, technology still to these days. But, uh, all one word, men's group and group, men's walk. Yeah, it's all right, mate. We, we mate, we've got it. We'll put it up there, okay? Because we can hear you strong. I just said, what suburb does it start in? Okay, it starts at Mini, Mini, Mini Pippi Park. Millie Pelly. Park. Yeah. yeah. And what suburb? Mini Pippi, isn't it? Google yeah. it. <laughs> so, so what's the what's the what's the issue with it here? Is you you what you've been listening? Going, Jesus, you idiot! You've been telling your mate that you can't make it because of reasons of Abby, but the truth is, you have just not been bothered to get up. It's seven thirty on Sunday morning. Oh no, not a chance, champion. Seven o'clock. Oh seven. Right. Every Sunday, seven o'clock, people. Anyone can turn up. It's yeah, it's just a group of guys having a nice chat. Are you looking Walk for around. an excuse? You've run out of excuses and now you need one more excuse to get out of this weekend as well? Yeah, I thought we were having a barbecue around yours, Matty, Sunday, <laughs> Saturday night with That's a couple, a, of, uh, we couple are. of local listeners. No, you know? you're not. He's taking my dad along issue. on Sunday morning because my parents are driving up at the moment. So uh, I've, No, because okay. I keep booking him in for it and I keep telling mm. Mitch, who's the organiser, who's done a fantastic yep. job, Mitch Scotty's going to be there. And he's like, yeah, you said Scotty's going to be there. I was like, mate, I can't get Scotty up. So he's definitely going That's to Sunday. So you do it. I, I got up, started vacuuming the house at six thirty. I could have made it. You had to go to Pilates, remember? At nine thirty, after the walk finished. Don't say that because if he's listening, he'll put you on. Call my bluff. Now. It is annoying. It's so annoying. Like. When you've committed to something, and at the time it's because it's face-to-face with a person and mm. you don't want to break their heart, so you commit to it. But you know in that moment that you, there's not a chance that you want to go or you have to go. And you spend three or four weeks with excuses, but if that person doesn't get the hint and they keep inviting you, yeah. it's like it gets well, the point, honestly, Scott, we're going to have to tell them. Honestly, it's for a great cause. Like, the amount of guys that have gone on, it's for mental health. And Scotty said that you guys would go one Sunday morning as well. Of course did. I'd love to, but I hate to walk, Scott, so... <laughs> we'll get you a little bit. So I think you're just going to have to be honest with him, Scotty, and just be like, mate. I, no, I, he's going. He's going on Sunday. 
Let's chat next Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 at uh, the Meadowlands Road, Mini Pippi Park um, area. Mm-hmm. Can't like believe you've been run. You meet at, and it's Meadow Parks Road. At, All right. Um, Good yeah. googling while you're on air. Well sharp. done. Yeah. Good on you, buddy. There he is, Scotty. Too hot. We'll find out next week if he actually makes it. It's Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B one hundred and five. Matty, I should probably start by saying that this uh, next little bit might have a trigger warning for you. Okay. So is this something to do with the lawn? Be aware. Okay. Might be triggered. No, so uh, we went camping on the weekend and then we got home on, on the Saturday. And uh, Sunday is my cheat day where I go. I'm trying to be good Monday to Thursday. And then so Sunday I go out with a bang and I um, we normally get Uber Eats. And um, I was hungry from camping because we, we were pretty active, you know. Went canoeing, jumped on that jumpy castle. I did all that. So swam in the pool for hours at Pond End. You know, I was like... Kids get hungry when they play all day. They do. <laughs> they do. They do. Didn't eat much at camping. And then he had so to have busy. a little bit of a nap and sleep in. <laughs> so I was like, Sunday, cheat day. Let's go, baby. And uh, hopped onto Uber Eats and ordered up a treat. Like, I went hell for leather. I was like, yeah. I'm going to get an entree. I'm going to get a main. Maybe I'll get another main for tomorrow, but I'll have half of it tonight. Like, I'm going to go for it. Well, when you paying... do that, it's so weird that he does that. If I order it, I eat it all. But he keeps it in the fridge for like leftovers. You see, I don't, I don't get that either. It's like mm. when they give you. There's always an odd number of spring rolls. Mm. Never do you get the perfect amount of spring rolls. But then you've got to have that little dance with someone. We're like, you want it? I'll have it. We'll halve it. No, me. Okay. <laughs> like it's nothing, <laughs> nothing stays. And I was excited. So as soon as it goes, your order has been dispatched from blah de blah. I was like, well, I'm tracking that bad boy. Watching him come down the road, turn around the corner because it's pretty much real time. It's like, and then. She gets to the door, I open the door, take the food, go into the kitchen to start divvying it up, because Kat ordered her dinner as well, start divvying it up. Everything that we had ordered, except for everything that I had ordered for me, was in the back. I didn't get any of the meal that I ordered. What cuisine are we talking about right now? Thai. Indian. How do you know it's Thai? Because it's always Thai. It was hot pot. It's Mm. always, when when it's a mixture, when you order something and I order something, Mm. it's always Thai. You want a chicken, I want a beef. Rory was already in bed, um, but Kat got all of hers. Yeah. And here's the the trigger point as well, because all of Kat's was seafood, and I don't eat seafood. Oh, no. And I bet you Kat did not care. Oh, Kat felt like we were on, on the she phone. She felt bad when she was eating it. Yeah. And she yeah. thought, this is delicious. Yeah, yeah. Did, yeah. What did you do? Did you call one? Yeah, we called. But I don't know if you've ever had this issue with Uber Eats because it's all like, it's not their fault. It's not the restaurant's yeah. fault. Yes. We called the restaurant. They were like, we send out. I get a call from California. Yeah. Going. Head office. Yeah. So I didn't answer that one first off. And then they're like, um, the, the restaurant callback said, they're trying to call you. You've got apparently got a bunch of missed calls. So I, call, I answered my phone from California. They're like, would you like a refund? I'm like, no, I don't want a refund. I'm starving. Oh, no. It was an American called you. Hey, man, calling from California. <laughs> Heard you didn't get yourself your red tie curry. You, you did order a lot, though. Maybe we were just looking out for you <laughs> there. You know? That sounds bad for your heart. Do you remember that happened here? And I felt like it was my fault because we're so lazy because we can see the restaurant outside. Uh, and we could see the delivery guy, but we just couldn't remember we were in a meeting, so mm. I could see the delivery guy. Yeah. And he just clicked, can't find the address, and then went off with the order. 
Well, hey, it was lunchtime and he was hungry exactly. too. Exactly. So Does then he they just refund. Yeah, they get to keep it and then they just refund it. Whether he gets more jobs or not, I don't know. Yeah. So someone ate it. Is that what you're saying? I don't know, mate. Did you? I don't mm. know. So what happened with yours? Did you end up getting? I would have said no. I want the food delivered to me. No, well, he got a refund, stage. cried, and went to bed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You were there. <laughs> you, went, you went to bed hungry. Went to bed hungry. Yeah. Tantrum. He does tantrum hunger. Well, it was Can like by that it? stage, it was like eight eight thirty. I, I go to bed I'm at eight thirty. I'm not going to eat a. a I've never done a what you do. I'm not going to have a banquet. Sometimes, if I've like ordered him a meal and it comes with egg and he doesn't like the egg, he'll be like, no. I don't want to eat it now. I'm like, dude, you can have your, yeah, I'm not going to eat tantrum, but I'll still eat it. You're That's why saying. she orders egg every time she buys something. <laughs> <laughs> I was the drake. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Those cops, those cops, what you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? Yes, there is a group of nose cops around Brisbane. Uh, and that is uh, after there was a report that we are a very stinky city. Um, there was over 4,400 stink complaints. Mm. Okay. So you are saying the nose cops, but I think Sarah Rowe, who's the principal environmental officer with the Odor Task Force, is that cor- the correct name, Sarah? Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Is, you- it, is it nose cops for short? Um, that's, yeah, what we like to go by. Yeah. <laughs> See, Sarah, yesterday we, we took calls on the stinkiest suburbs around Brisbane and we mm-hmm. had someone who told us that you have like a little shop front, like a police beat in one of the shopping centres where people can come and make their complaints. Yeah, we did. We were um, out in the Red Bank Plains area and, yes, we did have that little shop front there. Um, now we've sort of transitioned more into the Ipswich community, um, yeah. so Ipswich City. But, oh, you had to get yourself yes. like, a, like a full-on um, headquarters. There was, yes. yes I mean, <laughs> Maddie's obsessed yeah. with this, Sarah. It does sound funny, but do the officers that work for you, it, it, is it, do they use their, their nose or do they use equipment and do you have to have a, a decent sense of smell to work for the Odo Task Force? Well, it's a, yeah, that's a bit of a story. So um, at the moment, we're trialling a few different technologies to see what is on offer. Um, so we do have e-noses out in the field that try and pick up particular compounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're finding is that the human nose does everything so much quicker and so much faster and can recognise things at such lower um, intensities that our noses are the best weapon out yeah. to pick up nuisance odour. Okay. So you are the odour um, task force and they're saying here Ripley residents have made over a thousand complaints um, just last year. South Ripley, uh, 1,056 and then um, 870 reports as well in Red Bank Plains for stink. So yep. it seems to be one like stink cluster. Yeah, so what we're finding is that um, there's sort of an industrial area out um, around there. There is a range of sort of waste um, industries there that are causing particular problems Mm. uh, with the community in the area. So what you're saying is that you are, because of course there is like rubbish dumps in that area as well, so they need Mm. to be monitored for it. I know you're a good police officer, you can probably go there and know that smells. No, stink Um, officer. She's a stink officer. No, she said nose officer, don't keep changing her name. (laughs) (laughs) It's very confusing to put on her job description. Um, But you're saying that you're investigating, I guess, maybe companies that are doing illegal dumping or not actually um, following the environmental plan that they have for distributing, like getting rid of waste. 
Uh, well, so basically, waste does have to go somewhere, and it's mm-hmm. really important that it's going to the right place and processed correctly. So there's some industries like commercial composters that take people's uh, waste that would ordinarily go to landfill that could be used for something more beneficial. So um, when you put like green waste in your green bin. Uh, at home, that goes to these composters and then it gets mixed with other things to, to create some compost. You also have some landfills in the area. Um, but from there, they have a license that sort of says that if you are causing a nuisance at someone's house, that's not okay. So when you have an odour that changes your behaviour, mm. that's when we classify it as nuisance. What if I have a stinky neighbour? So you're talking mainly commercially, but yep. if, I, if I live next door to a stinker, like yeah. can I can I ring you and say can you come and investigate like some water maybe and it's like yeah, yeah their yard smells and yeah well there's some stuff that falls under uh, your local council so they'll have mm-hmm. particular rules for um, more of the the neighbourly disputes um, but sometimes it could just be that your neighbour's just smelly can I ask <laughs> your professional opinion on this one because this one causes so many fights in our house. My husband Mm -hmm. always goes, oh, that's a fart, that's hilarious, that doesn't smell. But if I open nail polish remover, (laughs) it's like I am trying to kill the whole family. I'm like, it smells nice. He's like, no, you don't. I don't know why you're trying to kill us. Where do you sit on um, nail polish remover? Oh, look, I'm used to it because I do use it, so Mm -hmm. it's sort of a familiar smell to me. It's a bias, I I understand. I don't think, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's um, the best thing to smell. Mm. Who's going to play you in the TV adaptation of Your Guys Task Force? Because that's going to be a show I would watch. Um, that. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. We need to Have see you. We need to see your face so we mm. can pick someone yep. who looks a bit like you. Mm. Can we yep. just get? Um, I know this is like similar to asking a police officer to do like a few office pops and shooting off a few rounds. You but wanted can, a smell, don't you? Can you just? Uh, can we just oh, get God. a live, a live use of your nose, like a sniff, live on the mm-hmm. air, just so we can hear hear you in in action. Uh, yeah. uh, like, can you? I don't know if you'll be able to pick it up. Just, but, um, just put the phone in your nose and. and... That's that good. work? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay. That did work. And go, go, like, yep, this show stinks. Go again, go again, go again. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's that's good. So that's you can tell that's, that's professional sniffing. Like a, mm. That's hard yeah. to do. You mm. do it. Is that yeah. is that how you you like? You don't do a big. It's just a. Well, if if I'm doing it out in the field properly, mm. you take a deep breath every 10 seconds for 10 minutes. Right. Wow. Well, there you go. It is yeah. specific. Wow. And then you go, that smells. Yes. You smell it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that you smells. rate the intensity every uh, 10 seconds. Wow. Yeah. Do you get used to it? Because you know when someone farts and then you walk out the room and come back and it's still there mm-hmm. because your nose has gotten used to the smell? Uh, no, if you if you leave and come back mm. and it's still floating around, yeah. um, I think still be able to smell it. All right, Sarah, we'll let you go. We probably pushed it a bit too <laughs> far now. All right, we appreciate you, the principal environmental officer with the Odor Task Force. You are a nose cop, and we appreciate you chatting with us this morning. No worries, thanks for your time. Get out Thank there, you. protect Brisbane. Nose cops, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Alpha Bucks for 10 grand tomorrow. We give you answers in the middle of this podcast right now. It'll be uh, the 17th, Wednesday the 17th. Okay, two of your answers are Avocado and Avatar. So the questions, I guess, are named something hugely expensive and one of the most terrible movies ever made. Avocado wasn't a bad movie. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs>
Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Forgive me for being so inquisitive. Do you mind? Do you mind? Do you mind if I ask you a personal question? When you meet someone, they might give you information or you might see a difference and you feel too nervous to ask questions because you don't want to offend them. But mm-hmm. then you, I guess, you avoid a com- conversation and learning more about them. Now, this is when people come in and they say no questions are off limit. And today we're joined by Tanya, who is terminally ill. Morning. Good morning. 131060 is the number if you want to jump in um, straight away. You're such a breath of fresh air when you, you come in, but you, you've you been battling cancer for, for how long? Um, the first brush was 1997, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and five years later it came back again. This is breast cancer, by the way. And then 14 years later came the metastatic um, diagnosis, which means it's moved out of the breast into other areas of the body. Mm. So it's now in the lung and uh, the abdomen. So you're getting chemo to uh, prolong your life? Would that be what? Yeah, I have been told it's not curable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's about trying to stop the spread. And nobody knows... Um, how fast that will go or how slow. Um, I was originally told I had months um, Mm. and I'm still here. So I'm on the third line of tablet chemo, which is why I've got my hair. Um, But that's the last line of tablet. So I would have to move on to something more aggressive. But this is about buying buying time. Mm. So in a strange way, every day you wake up is almost like a surprise to you. You're like, "Um, I'm still here or... Definitely. I mean, um, <clears throat> the journey is a difficult journey, physically, mentally. Um, yeah. You have to adjust your brain. And then what becomes good news is um, different things. So the milestones that you see, like at the time when I was diagnosed with metastatic, my children were at university mm. and I didn't think I'd see them graduate. Mm. So when six months later they graduated, it was a huge milestone. Yeah. So you adjust and you make the most of the moments, but you're very aware too of the moments that you're not going to have, like be a grandmother and mm. weddings and things. So um, yeah. you just live for the moment. Yeah, wow. Do you mind if I ask, have you changed the way that you live now? Because we always think that, you know, you're doing the washing and the cooking and the cleaning. Have you just gone, I don't want toxic people in my life. I don't want to do that mundane stuff. Um, it is very different because it's not you that makes the decision the disease makes the decision for you Mm. so um you have lots to contend with and yes i try and be upbeat but i do have days where Mm. it's like this is too hard i need to not see anybody and i need to just stay in my own space um things change when i was diagnosed i had just started my own business and Mm. it was doing very well and then that had to go because obviously you can't commit to long-term contracts when you don't know if you're going to be here. Yeah. Um, so your life changes, but I always find things to be busy with and I'm very blessed with beautiful people mm. in my life. And um, so you tend to make the most of it, but also the physical limitations with your treatment. You have good days, not good days. Yeah. Um, I'm not receiving the worst treatment that some people have to go through, yeah. but I do have days where I'm very tired and I feel off or... Yeah. Yeah. The, the irony here is, I mean, you're a beautiful looking woman and you look very healthy. Do you Thank know, you. like you wouldn't know it to look at you that no. you've got a terminal diagnosis. That must be really hard to, because if you can see someone's frail or you can see someone's weak, you get treated differently. But you've mm. got this all going on. And mm. from an outward perspective, you mm. might not even be able to tell. No. And it's very interesting because obviously because of the advocacy and the things I do and also nursing my parents, um, 
you get to know about different cancers, different diseases. Sometimes I think I'm like a walking encyclopedia mm-hmm. about yeah. them. But with metastatic breast cancer, it is. And um, I can remember in the UK, um, a huge advocate, she's now passed on. Mm-hmm. And she was just beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. And then there was another lady holding signs up on a video she made um, about the statement oh, don't you look well? Mm. And yet inside your scans yeah. show yeah. horrific. Your body's falling apart. Yeah. And yeah. it depends on the disease. Mm. Um, and that's what happens with metastatic breast cancer. You can look so well, mm. and yet your scans are a mess. Mm. Now, another layer to this as well is you're a big advocate for voluntary assisted dying. I am and indeed. you were booked in to possibly go overseas? Yes, so... Um, Look, I've been an advocate for voluntary assisted dying since I was 20. So my mother was diagnosed with aggressive chemo when I was 11. Mm. So most of my teenage years were spent being her carer. Um, In my 20s, my father had his battle with cancer and died. And then in my 30s, it was my turn. My mum and I were always advocates, um, especially after her journey. So the advocacy was still there in in my head. Um, It was all about timing. So basically... It is timing with everything with socially progressive issues. And so in 2016, uh, simultaneously with my diagnosis came the Victorian push for legislation, Mm. and that was the start. So I would have still got on board, even if I hadn't been diagnosed, Mm. but the timing was right. And then you appreciate you can lend a voice um, as a true representative of why. So for you, if you got so sick that it was unbearable, you would rather have voluntary assisted dying than than let nature run its its course. Absolutely, and I think that comes from... Look, um, I launched a change.org petition two years ago calling on the Queensland Premier to introduce it um, with speed. Mm. And um, this is just me, um, 76,000 signatures it sits at. polling reputable over decades 80 percent of people um, support the option Mm, it's now not a state issue it's a global issue absolutely but you have to understand suffering so a lot of people have um, an image in their mind of somebody in a bed dying the skeletal and they've lost weight it is so much more Mm. and my disease is particularly cruel Mm. along with many so um yes i decided to make application to switzerland um and it's a long process it's not just you go well, um, we appreciate you coming in. Tanya is joining us this morning. She has um, a terminal diagnosis. Think of a question if you met Tanya uh, at a barbecue and she told you <laughs> what, ha- what her situation was. The first question that comes to your mind, she is lovely enough that she is happy to answer that this morning. Nothing is off limits. Kelly in Morrifield, what's your question for Tanya? Tanya, do you mind if I ask how you kept your positivity like throughout time and time again? Kelly, um, thanks for asking the question. Um, I should be very honest and say some days are not always positive. It's a process of working through it. And yes, you are smashed. I mean, when I was told I was looking at months, my husband and I had to leave the oncologist and go and sit in a park and, mm. and just sob buckets. Um, but you move through it and the, the your mental frame of mind is really important. And you adjust and you come to accept things and you come to think oh well that's not bad and this is quite good um friends family doing things that keep you sane Mm. and finding a purpose um and yeah sharing with your friends how you feel and and don't try and cover it up don't always be you know trying to be mrs happy um and good friends will support you and you can actually say you know i'm not having the best day Mm. righty brooke in ipswich 
What would you like to ask? Hey, Tony, do you mind if I ask? Um, what? What? Um, hang on, sorry. Hmm? Is are there days that you think with your sister dying um, that you can't go through with it when you start thinking of your family? No, never, not ever, Brooke. And I, I think I should qualify that 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 comes on the back of nursing a mother yeah. through my teenage years, nursing my father through my twenties. Um, having lost friends, having lost friends who have got, who had my disease and watching what they go through. Um, it, it's not like, oh, this is a wonderful option. The alternative is, is awful. Do you say it as in you don't want the, your family to go through it as well? Is that like for you to physically go through it, yeah, no um, doubt, but for them to be able to watch it, is that a concern to you? Um, I think, look, I'm well researched because of my advocacy. Um, the, first Victorian who accessed the legislation down there. I've spoken with her daughters, everyone who I've spoken to who's had a family member in countries where it is legal. They describe it as a peaceful mm. process. Um, I would be more concerned about my family having to watch and see mm. what, what I saw with yeah. my loved ones. What do your kids think uh, about it? When, like, are they gonna, would they come with you and be in the room when you... I think... I, I won't get into that on air because I've got two children and they have different views okay, and okay. I respect those. Mm. They're not against what I do yeah. and they're mm. not against it. But but it's hard I think them. one would find it more challenging than the other mm. yeah. and you have to respect where they're at and yeah. I certainly would not be. Mm. You're scared of judgment. COVID at the moment, aren't you? That something's going to happen and you're not going to be able to go. Well, at the moment in the last year, um, it would, I wouldn't be able to go. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just hoping that treatments will keep me going till flights open up mm -hmm. and when i'm ready then that's the option but i think the key thing out of all of this is that this should be available in your own hometown we're mm -hmm. in 2021 there's kind of ways to die um victoria has it wa tassie's around the corner mm -hmm. there's no reason why um all of Australia shouldn't have this option. You shouldn't have to get on a plane no. and travel yeah. 12,000 miles. True. <laughs> well, speaking to Tanya, she has a terminal diagnosis from breast cancer. Do you mind if I ask? Nothing's off limits here. Uh, anonymous, what's your question for Tanya? Good morning. Um, my question, uh, well, first of all, do you mind if I ask? I um, don't mind at all. <laughs> thank you. Um, I have a friend that has um, a very hard diagnosis with a terminal illness and um, I'm just wanting to know how I support someone that has a terminal illness. Look it's, it's very difficult anonymous I mean I've been a carer and then I am the person I've also got a friend too who's just recently been, been diagnosed with the same illness as me and her treatment is very aggressive at the moment she's she's quite ill. Mm. Um, yes. I think it's about there's the practical side so yep. Um, the support with things like shopping, groceries, mm. it's taking the time to pop and visit, but also just send a text and appreciate that even if your friend um, sort of shuns you, she's not really shunning you, she might just have a really no. bad day. So don't ever give yep. up on that. Um, yep. Send a text, send a call, send a message, I'm just thinking of you, and just check in. But ask her you know, or him how they're, how they're feeling. Because I think some of us sometimes we don't want to offload and share how we're really feeling. Mm. And it can be hard for you and hard from your friend. But they're the key conversations. All right, let's go to Steve and Indra Pilly. What is your question for Tanya? Hi, Tanya. If you don't mind me asking, um, what is the one last thing you'd like to do with your family before the time does come? Um, 
probably have a great big bloody party and a slosh up and have all your friends around and <laughs> let them... so English. <laughs> Get on again. <laughs> Just let, let people reminisce. I mean, um, I've, I've had an interesting life and there's lots of funny stories. Um, probably not funny in the last few years, but yeah, I think I'd like that because I'm, everybody's got a story to share about things I've done in the past and mm-hmm. how wild I was and mm-hmm. etc. And, and I think that should be it. it. It should be a joyous occasion and, and it wouldn't be because it's hard. But yeah, share a few laughs and tears and embrace the moment. Don't shy away from it. Is it hard, and I don't mean this to sound like a joke, but is it hard to, like, say, for example, you see a 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzle and you go, well, I'm not going to start that because there's no point. I, I'm, un- I'm not going to be here till the end. Or you know, Oh, I do. I know. do. I do have negative thoughts mm. at times in the sense that um, when I was first diagnosed, I didn't plan anything, and it sounds ridiculous. I called my two besties around. I made them go through my wardrobe, and I gave away jewellery, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I had movie yeah. tickets, um, free movie tickets, and I remember giving them to my friend saying, I probably won't get to use them. And they're going, oh, for God's sake. And then after a year, I got a little bit more comfortable and realized I had more time than I thought. Mm. Did you get the tickets back? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I went on a Thelma and Louise with my bestie down to Chassie. <laughs> I love it. And yeah, so it's, um, I try not to plan too far ahead Um, and now with COVID I can't afford to be locked out of the state. Well Tanya we really appreciate you coming in um, and if anyone wants to get any info on um, your assisted dying um, what you're putting together there, Vale Queensland on Facebook, V-A-L-A-Q-L-D thank you so much for your time this morning really appreciate it. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast B105 My lovely wife, Esther, and I, um, our thing to do on weekends is crack open a bottle of wine and we play music uh, through Alexa, mm-hmm. Yep. right? And the idea is to just play those songs you haven't heard in ages and make you go, oh, that was a great song. But the more vino that you have, the weirder the conversations get. Uh-huh. And I want to share uh, one that we, we had the other weekend. It may not be as interesting now that we're sober. So this is always a risk. It is a risk, isn't it? You know? Mm -hmm. When you retell, like, this was really great when we worked this out. And then you tell someone sober and they look at you like, you're an idiot. Mm -hmm. Okay. So (laughs) this was one of the songs that that I loaded up. Tell me what this song is. That's Skater Boy Avril by Avril Lavigne. Yes. Classic. Before Chad Kroger. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're sitting there having a drink. This kicks in. Oh, great song. Great song. But in the end of it, mm-hmm. we broke down some of the song, right? Mm-hmm. So, for instance, um, when Avril, Lav- Le- Avril Lavigne released this song, she was 18 years old, right? Well, she's what year was it? Do you remember? So 2002. Okay, whoop, sure, yeah. Was when it was. And so I, I was Googling all of this as we were working <laughs> yeah, out. Right, right, so yeah, 2002, yeah. she released it. She was 18 years old when it came out. And this is one of the lyrics. He was a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. He wasn't good enough for her. Mm-hmm. So she broke up with Skater Boy. Mm. Got rid of him because he wasn't good enough. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I thought now, they weren't even dating. Yeah. That's interesting. She wouldn't even take no, him on. No, she wouldn't even take him on. So, well, mm. no, see, I when I hear it, I hear that they were together. Right. right? Oh, or, okay. or like on the fringes of dating. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. So if she was 18, very young, I don't think Skater Boy would have been 18 because you wouldn't judge an 18-year-old boy into the future too much. So I'm assuming in the song... Mm-hmm. 
Skater Boy's probably 23. Uh, he's a couple of years older. He's the same age, is it? Nah. He is, because older? when they were like, then they bought tickets to his show. Mm. So they were all in the same year. Like, if you got the book, nah, so like the, they're all in the same. If uh, there's a book, they wrote a book? Well, no, the yearbook. <laughs> the yearbook. Skater mate. Boy, <laughs> novelization. Uh, nah, I don't think, I don't think well, he I was 18. Okay. Thought. She agreed with me that he right. was older. Okay. okay. So right. this is where we got to. So <laughs> Avril's 18, he's 23. Okay. They're like, nah, you're a bit of a loser. Get rid of you, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So she's at that age. All so right. they—that's the reason, you know, <laughs> that they broke up. Couple of years later, she's spewing because he's a superstar. Yeah, she could have been with a superstar. How devastating! Maybe it's about Chad Kroger. Because I imagine she's got kids now when she's going to the show. Oh, yeah. She does. But, yeah. then, but how could she be 18 and he's a couple of years later? You know what I mean? That's why they thought they were both 18. It was a few years later. She's got a couple of kids now. She's 23, same age as him. Well, at the point they realised she already had the kids, remember, because she looked on the TV and saw him on there. Mm. So they moved through. But this is the maths I worked out. Okay. If it's released in 2002, <laughs> yep, right? Yep, yep. That was 19 years ago. Uh huh. So, so, if I anticipate Skater Boy at 23 years old at that time, mm. Skater Boy today <laughs> yeah. is 42. Skater Guy. Can you, but like, yeah. you think, wow, that's how old that song is? Yeah, Skater Man. Skater Boy is no longer a Skater Boy. Mm. And no. if he's still skating, probably, you know, needs to give it up. Mm. And if he was in a band that was so popular, yeah. she doesn't need to feel bad about it anymore because he probably only had one good album. All right. Right? That's all you need. Right? Wow. Yeah. So don't feel bad that you let him go because now he's 42, mm-hmm. he's married, mm-hmm. he's got kids mm-hmm. and probably is as miserable as you and is spewing at the fact that he can't even get himself onto I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here now. <laughs> He did a deep dive. His whole celebrity life is over. Uh Uh-huh. So, Skater Boy, Hmm. it doesn't matter. You reckon she's she's done well now? She dodged a bullet? She's probably with a lawyer. Nah. I reckon they could have been happy together. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah, I reckon they could have been happy. Yeah, they could have, couldn't they? They could work through it. She wasn't happy with her choices. See, we... in the yearbook with her. We, at the end of that bottle of wine, were like, yeah, good call, Avril. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) You did the right right thing. (laughs) Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Show of rage and frustration. Thousands of women have taken part in the march for justice across the nation demanding action. I got goosebumps seeing all the photos and uh, watching it on the news uh, yesterday. I didn't go along, but there was a big turnout here in Brisbane mm-hmm. and all over the country as well. I just enjoyed the clever signs. Oh, my God, weren't they good? <laughs> I sent so many of them to you guys. Uh, I've seen a better cabinets in Ikea. was uh-huh. one of my favourites because mm-hmm. there was a lot of it to do um, about what's happening in Parliament at the moment that there has been a uh, uh, Britney who came forward and said that she, um, I believe, is now pressing charges through sexual abuse that happened in Parliament House. Mm-hmm. So she's come out and been so amazing and spoken so honestly in the Canberra protest. Um, but it was only organised a little while ago and the t- amount of turnout, I was like, go that. Yep. Girls can really organise an event, can't yeah, they? Yeah. But you know, my favourite thing of it were the men protesting. Mm-hmm. And I say this with International Women's Day happening is I'm like, I think everyone just needs to fight for equality. It's not male versus female, even though there are situations at the hands of male that has brought this about. Mm-hmm. But I think that's that whole thing of saying not all men as mm. well. So some of my favourite sayings were quality men don't fear equality, mm-hmm. which I think is important. But I'm having this conversation in my household because I want to be able to include everyone. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when you see those protests, are you still 
I'm not taking a step back, but I know when the campaigns happened for hashtag Me Too, a lot of people felt uncomfortable talking about men to speak up. Mm. And I don't know how you guys <laughs> feel about it now and how we can include everyone with it too, because of course males should also be outraged with what's happened to females at the hands of other males mm. because that's their sisters their mums their daughters mm. their, their best friends yeah i think the the thinking along a lot of men not not me specifically yeah. but um is that we then get tarred with that same brush yeah yeah you know so and if you put your hand up to go down like it's like i don't want to you, you it's like that thing if you girls just go you do mm. your thing and it's great that you're yeah. doing your thing but yeah but that's what i want to kind back. of avoid because it's not saying it none no one's anti-men no they're anti the the sexual abuse and the equality that's happened mm. you know it's inequality so yesterday i reckon yesterday's marches were were the one that really made me stop and think mm. um they, they all have but yesterday was a big one and i actually spoke to my wife about it last night i was like how do you feel and i think if I was honest with myself, if I went back to 18, 19-year-old me, um, I'm, I haven't ever been abusive to anyone, but I've been part of conversations that I would be mortified. Now you would. Like, Absolutely yeah. mortified now that... Uh, and not just because I've learned... I knew they were bad at the time, but, but I, felt I, I felt uncomfortable to tell someone to, to don't mm. say those things or whatever. And then yesterday, when I saw those women holding those signs... Mm. I pictured my daughter holding one of them, mm. and those signs said I was, I was raped. Mm. Mm. And, and I thought, it's, it's all well and good, and, and I, get the feeling of, I get the feeling of men being like, well, I haven't done the wrong thing, and that's fine. But picture your daughter in 20 years holding that sign and be the father who has to read your daughter holding that sign walking down the street mm. and think, what would my opinion be on that day? Mm. And that's what I realised when I thought about that yesterday. It didn't matter if you were tarring the brush on all men or whatever, because if it protects one yeah. young girl not having to hold that sign in her future, then it's all been worth it. Mm. I think that's that. Yet yeah, that's what I thought when you were sending through those pictures yeah. yesterday. Yeah, because it is having that conversation, isn't it? You know, yeah. and maybe looking back at the past year, but it's also having the conversation now of saying, "Hey, mum, you know, is there situations that's occurred to you that you hope would never happen in the future?" Mm. And that's an interesting conversation because you've never really opened it to mm. talk about, and you'll find that a lot of women are going. God, some of the stuff that I had to put up with, and there might be situations where they've mm. had horrific abuse. But I just I want everyone, I guess, to, to get involved and not feeling like it's segregation. There are people that have done the bad things and people are against that, mm. not genders. No, completely. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about ridiculing men. It's about protecting women, protecting, yeah. you know, you people you know. I mean, I get, I, I know this sounds, I'm, I don't know about any of my friends, but I've never felt safe walking at night. Mm. And that's just something that you grew up with. Mm. Yeah. Like, imagine feeling like you could walk in the streets at any time. Like, that's a weird concept for me to do. And unfortunately, I've never questioned it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's amazing if we could get to a point where women felt <clears throat> safe. Well, I read something uh, last week where it said, um, you're not that man that's doing these things. But if, you're, if a woman is walking um, down the street by herself at night, she doesn't know that about you, yeah. and you're still mm. as scary to her as someone that isn't. And that's, yeah. that's what's got to change. Yeah. It's like any threat that you see, mm. you know. Um, if you, if you, you wouldn't go into a backyard that has a dog in there because you're like, that dog might attack. Mm. And that's, I'm assuming that's, that's how women are feeling when they walk alone at night. 
you just see that and you think that could be a threat. It's just a norm, you know. You'll yeah. always tell your friend of where you are. You'll walk with the keys in mm-hmm. your hand. You always feel incredibly sick in the stomach when you see something, someone coming the opposite way. But I just ask everyone just to have the conversation with mm. their loved ones about it. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Oh, yeah, she joins us this morning. Clitty Flanagan, good morning. Good morning, thank you. And what's the name you of her show, my, uh, Maddie? My stage name, Clitty Flanagan. Yeah. Clitty, yeah. Clitty, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, a Fisk, it's premiering tomorrow night, 9pm on ABC TV. I'm referencing there the uh, TikTok that has smashed around the place, Kitty. We're joined now by the Oracle on everything, Kitty Flanagan. Now, Clitty, k- Kitty, should I be worried about my job? Well, uh, if you keep calling me Clitty, you should, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I know. It's, it's, it's the only time I've ever been on TikTok. It's great. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really hitting the youth now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a TikTok account? Because Maddie over there says it's like what everyone's into, and we're sort of debating thinking it's only young kids now. Well, I don't have one, so that mm. probably says, yeah, it's young, it's young people. <laughs> I did try during lockdown. I thought, oh, I'm going to get into it. And then there was a lot of logging in. There was a lot of, we need this, we need that. And I went, oh, I've lost interest. It took way too long to it log does in happen, for me. It doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. time-consuming for Maddie over there. Yeah, making a whole no, career out of it, I guess. So, uh... <laughs> What are you achieving at the moment? Nothing. Oh, no. okay. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell us about this, uh, this show uh, that you've got uh, kicking off tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. Uh, well, it's a new comedy series called Fisk, and I play Helen Tudor Fisk, who is a wills and probate lawyer. So I'm a solicitor in uh, in a sort of suburban, dusty old law office run by two two people, brother and sister, played by Julia Zamiro and Marty Sheargold. So a, a genuine genuine comedic greats there mm. playing um. And, uh, and and Aaron Chen is our probate clerk. I don't know if you're familiar with Aaron. He's one of my favourite young stand-up comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very funny guy. Can make th- any line funny. Didn't even have to write in jokes. He just makes any line funny. That's, that's easy. That's handy. I hate it when he says something serious and everyone laughs. Yeah. That happens with some comedians. And like, oh, I'm so sorry. You actually are in pain. Oh, we didn't realise. It was a joke. Has Marty yeah, acted before? I, I was trying to think if Marty Sheargod's ever acted before. Every day. Hey. hey. <laughs> No, he hasn't done mm. acting before. He was at VCA with Julia Zamiro, um, but apparently found out this morning he was asked to leave. They suggested he had other things he'd be better off doing. <laughs> oh, is VCA so like, that's like, like the Victorian Performing Arts? Is it what? Yeah. Victoria Centre of Performing Arts. So it's like where yeah. you would go, like, NIDA. Oh, right. Yeah, but, yeah Victorian so that, version. He was so bad that they didn't want to just take his money, give him the certificate and send him on his way. <laughs> they like, kicked him out early. No, so he's been he's been out there uh, in the weeds for a few years, but I've given him a break, little Aww. Martin Sheargold, introducing little Martin Sheargold, we call it. And, uh, <laughs> That's so nice. Given that kid a break. You've written um, books with your, your sister before. You guys have worked together, but you co-wrote this series. Who has the ultimate say? You or your sister? Uh, I probably have the ultimate say on whether something is going to go in, but if she keeps saying it's not funny, it's not funny, she will wear me down eventually and I will keep insisting, it is funny, it is funny. Um, but, yeah, she's kind of more of the, um, she's the storyline person. She's mm-hmm. the person that says that doesn't make sense, that's not logical. And I go, yeah, but it's funny. She goes, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't make sense, it's got to go. <laughs> so we're actually a good team that way. You're, we both have our strengths. You're playing a solicitor. Have you ever yep. needed to engage a lawyer before? Like was there... 
No, well, before we did the show, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to do some research. I'm going to be one of those people that goes and researches the show. Uh-huh. And yeah. so I went to speak to a lawyer about getting my will done. Oh, God, I got so bored. I left. Mm. It is, isn't so it? I can't take it. It's too hard. So I still don't have a will, even though I've done a show about wills and probate. <laughs> I love that <laughs> you're going hard. I just want to be that person that says I'm going to call my lawyer, though. You know when you just want oh, that lawyer yeah. on speed dial mm. just to throw it out? You can still say yeah. it. You don't have to mean it. I got one call. I want to, make, I want to call my lawyer. Mm. Yeah, I don't know who I'd call. I'd probably call the person that I'd walked out on and said, I'd say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm being up on charges. And they go, no, mate, I'm only here to do your will. I can't help you. <laughs> I always think too, and I know it's probably not the case, but the lawyers who say no win, no fee, mm. they always seem like the lowest <laughs> ring of lawyers. Mm. You know, like I, if yeah. I would be scared of another lawyer who's like, this is going to cost you 30 grand no matter what, you'd be like, oh, they're oh. a badass lawyer. They're going <laughs> to yeah. win this. Yeah, you don't want to go with no win, no fee ambulance chase the guy. You don't want to I guess that's a little bit what Ray Gruber is in my show. He's probably one of those. Yeah, nice. Well, uh, Kitty, we're looking forward to it. Fisk, it premieres tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, ABC TV and iView. Uh, great to have you on this morning. Thank you so much, guys. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. As another show draws to a close, Stav, Abby and Matt take a moment to reflect. I can't really do much without my morning coffee. Mm. I had it a little bit late this morning. And as I was driving into work, we've got to go to the undercover car park. And I've done this so many times before, but I just couldn't work out what happened. In front of me was a brick wall. And I was like, (laughs) what is going on? Is this some sort of joke? Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't get to the car park. I had went down to so many levels, gone past the level that I wanted right to the end, which is a brick wall, and I could not work out what the hell I had done. This is the ultimate prank, guys. I'll paint the tunnel on it like the roadrunner for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See to reverse. Meant to do that. Thanks, but no thanks. <clears throat> Amazon is one of the best buying experiences. They're very fast. They've got all sorts of stuff at great prices. This is not hashtag spawn. I'm not getting paid for this. Because I have an issue with it. Uh-huh. And that is my Amazon account is hooked up to our Alexa at home. And Alexa glows orange once your delivery has been delivered. I didn't know that they did that. For you not to share this information, because I told Scott it was just to remind you that it was charging up. Wow. Scotty, listen up, champ. (laughs) (laughs) Because I got done yesterday when something I ordered on Amazon turned up and I managed to get it in time and hide it so no one knows. Because, you know, I complained about my wife's online shopping. I didn't need to put bullets in her gun. And then when she goes, Alexa, why are you blinking? She goes, your delivery has been delivered, and your delivery is. And then she lists it, what it actually is. Wow. So I can't say it's not mine, because Esther would never order the stuff that I order. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Alexa. But no thanks. It was electronic equipment, by the way, just I want to clear. That didn't clear it up. That up. She would order that. It's mm-hmm. just the other stuff you order. She would order. <laughs> talking last week about how I had um, soda stream canisters in the back of my car and I keep on clinking and I keep on forgetting to take them out. They're still in there, but I've got another issue now. I keep on forgetting to fill the squisher. And I love me the squisher. What's a squisher? The squisher. The windshield wiper squisher, where you pull it and it squishes. The water. Squishes water on your windshield. The water. The water squisher. And on the way up to camping, actually, it started to rain, but not enough. Just a little. Just enough to activate my windshield once and smear all the crap over the windshield. And I had no water in my squisher. 
to clean it off. Do you know where your squisher is? Yes, I know where my squisher is. I'm just saying some people don't know where it's their squisher is. It's a bit with a dipstick. <laughs> You're cute. It reminds me, I have to get a new dipstick because it's not reaching the oil anymore. Just put the water in your fuel tank. That's where it goes down. So if you fill that with oh, yeah. water, it'll okay. yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll report back to you with uh, how that goes tomorrow. Thanks for nothing. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Hey, that's the podcast. See you tomorrow. Stab Abby and Matt. Brisbane wakes up with Stab Abby and Matt on B105.